Hello and welcome to the Golfing Greenkeeper podcast. I'm your host, Steve Smith, and there's plenty of firsts going on to start the year 2022, and this episode is no different. This is episode number 40. Now, a quick brief to give you an idea of what this episode number 40 is about today. So, it's the news segment. I'm coming back to you with walking the fairways for the first time for this year, 2022. And there has been a while. It's over Christmas, New Year. And I myself, you know, was doing a few interviews, which was nice to be able to bring to you. But uh, it has been a few weeks now. So, there's plenty happening. And hopefully you'll get some insight into some courses you might not have heard of for a while that have been doing some work, traveling to a few different states than the usuals. Let's go for a walk. Now, to begin with, I just want to start with mentioning how good was the Australian PGA and the Australian WPGA, the weekend gone at Royal Queensland in Brisbane. What an incredible event that turned out to be, as as we'd all hoped, I've got to be honest, and it, it delivered. It delivered in spades. What a game that was. And uh, I just want to make a comment and talk about, you know, for example, Suo and Grace Kim duking it out for the first ever title of the Australian WPGA and the, to be the first winner of the Carrie Webb Cup. They did so well, along with all the other women that were playing in the event. There was a stack of them out there showing off just some new names that we probably haven't heard of before, you probably haven't seen before, and can't they play some golf? My God, it was fantastic. And like I said, watching Suo and Grace Kim duke it out there for the for the win on the final day of the final round, and Suo coming away with a win, it was incredible. So that was great to watch. I thoroughly enjoyed watching the women play. And look, what about Jed Morgan in the men's, in the PGA? Now... Well, what can I say? But holy shit, didn't he flog it in like the Aussies against the Poms in the Ashes series? It was like winning by an innings and a thousand runs. I think he had a win for something like 10 strokes or 11 strokes or something along those lines. I can't remember. It was just a yawning gap to second, and he absolutely belted it out. A local member, a member of RQ, knows the course intimately well and didn't it show. But I tell you what, that is a name. You watch Jed Morgan. That's a name we're going to be keeping an eye on in the coming years. This bloke can play some serious golf. Fantastic. And and also, talk about RQ. You know, it was sensational to see RQ on TV. What a great-looking golf course it was. I haven't played it myself. Hopefully, one day, get the opportunity to. But Adam Mills, superintendent, and his team done a fantastic job bringing that course up to spec. A little bit of a unique course. Got Queensland Blue Cooch Fairways, which you won't often hear about. But it is a uh, gives a really interestingly nice surface there around on the fairways. It's a fantastic course. It's got cooch greens, which you probably didn't notice that they. You might have heard them talking a little bit about grain that the players had to deal with on the greens, and that's just inherent with cooch, generally speaking. Very very difficult to to minimise any grain. It's just a part of the grass and the way that it grows. Um, and and I've said this before many many podcasts ago. I've got to say in my early days. But if you're a professional, if you're a golfer, a, a good golfer out there, anyone, any golfer of any level, if you can putt on on cooch greens and you can read grain and and know how to aim for it and allow for it, you are a wizard. I can see it, but do you think I can putt to it? Zero chance, thank you very much. I battle. 
But um, they did so well. It was great watching the pros work their way around RQ. So just wanted to point it out to you guys. If you hadn't watched it, um, you know, there might be some replays out there on, on Fox or something you might be able to watch. But highlight reels or whatever, it was fantastic. And I can't wait to see this this tournament, this event, evolve more with watching two concurrently run tournaments in the men's and women's. Uh, what a great, what a great way to watch golf in Australia! Absolutely sensational, and a win for all, and a game and a win for the ages by Suo and Jed Morgan. Sensational stuff! So good to see the golf back on telly in Australia. Now we get out as we walk the fairways, and we're going to start off. We're just going to start sort of, why not? Smack bang in the middle of the country. Let's go to South Australia. I'm a big fan of SA, as you probably do well know, and I've got some different news. Moving away from some of the, the stalwarts that I've talked about in the past, and we've got to start somewhere, so why not start the year off in South Australia in Adelaide? But let's go to West Lakes Golf Club in the northwest of Adelaide City. Now, West Lakes are looking to do some major work to their course starting this year and being completed over the next four years, which will take it to 2025. Now, I had the good fortune and, and uh, oh, good fortune. It was it was great to be able to have the opportunity to play West Lakes when I visited Adelaide a couple of years ago. Now, it was just before COVID from memory. And uh, yeah, no, I really enjoyed West Lakes. Good course, very good course to play and certainly one that you'll enjoy playing if you get the opportunity to. Now, the club's looking to, and I'm only talking about the golf course component here, they're looking to, to do some redesigning of 15 of their bunkers and install some new sand on the remaining 29 bunkers of the course. And that's just one part. They're also installing some new cart paths. They're rebuilding some tees. They're building three new greens, that being the 9th, the 14th, and the 15th. They're looking at getting a new bore for a water supply to sort of give them a bit more security for water. Constructing a lake as well, which will be located near the clubhouse. There's so much going on here. Now, and incidentally, this lake... This lake they're doing, it's not just for the sake of building a lake. It's for a purpose, for a reason. It's going to be part of the construction and where they will source the majority of the material for the works on course. So they need, uh, it's like a borrow pit, and they will eventually, that's where they're going to source it on site. So it's local soil, and they'll turn it into a water feature, being a lake that's within view of the clubhouse. So that's a nice little addition and a way to, to sort of utilize where you can source some material from and then make something out of it afterwards. So there's a new lake happening as well. There's new course furniture. We're talking about hole signage, some drinking taps going on at the course, a bit of furniture, tee markers, distance markers. So this is a big deal for Westlakes. This is a big overhaul without redesigning the whole golf course, but there's a lot going on here. This is a bit of a turning a corner for Westlakes, if you like, and uh, it's a lot to happen in four years. Now, Craft and Mogford Golf Strategies are involved in this one. They're the design firm, the architecture firm behind what's going on to the golf course. And uh, Westlakes are looking to start with the bunker work this year um, in their plan of works. And it looks like that's going to happen and unfold this year. Then in 2023 is when some of the big, bigger stuff is going to start happening. So we're talking like some of your uh, getting in the design stuff of the, the green sorted and signing off with the club and doing some of the tea work and that sort of stuff as we move on down that four-year program. So they've got it all planned out really, really well. They've done their homework. They've got good people involved at Crafter Mogford. So th this is being done very well and set up from the beginning very, very well, which I like to see. Now, like I mentioned, I played West Lakes, and it's a great golf course, very enjoyable, and it's a good, easy walking course as well. 
notoriously around Adelaide before you get up into the hills a little bit. Adelaide's reasonably flat, a little bit like Melbourne. There's some really good walking tracks, walking courses around in Adelaide that you'll certainly enjoy. Like I mentioned, West Lakes is one of those that you will if you get the chance to go down there and play. And it's a, it's a great entry-level entertaining golf course in Adelaide if you get the chance. If you can't get onto the privates, West Lakes is one that you will be able to access and certainly enjoy and get a taste of golf in Adelaide. Now, the other one for South Australia that I'll mention is a quick report about Glenelg and uh, what they're up to with their course enhancement work. And uh, they've been working on their 18th, which I mentioned at the end of last year, and rebuilding their 18th hole. Now, the 18th, at the, towards the end of the, uh, last year, after I spoke about what they were up to, cutting up 18 and, and sort of peeling it all back for the new work, they've, they've laid down solid turf on the 18th green. So it's all laid out. They've also put grass around other places. They've, this is now getting to the point of finish. And uh, the 18th green, for example, has now had, since it was laid, it's had four weeks under its belt of growing. And doesn't it look fantastic? You know, If you're a regular at Glenelg, you'll start to see the 18th looking more and more like a golf hole again soon. And, uh, and the weeks will be not too far away, counting down to when the hole will be back open again. They've just hammered it out as they do a professional team there at Glenelg in, in all shapes and forms and, and all the facets of the work that they do. And uh, they've really managed to pump this one out and get it uh, growing in. So it won't be too long, like I said, and you'll be able to get out there and enjoy it. But if you're a member, if you're a visitor or a guest, uh, you get the chance to see it. You'll, you'll see what's been happening and all the work that they've been up to. And to do this stuff over the Christmas New Year period is fantastic in the middle of summer. They've, they've pumped it out, like I said, a great job, great work by the team, and, uh, and it's looking fantastic. So good stuff at Glenelg for a little quick report there. And that completes SA. Now, we are going to go to Western Australia. I know it's hard to get in there for anyone. It looks like Superintendent Matthew Soles of Royal Perth found the crack in the doorway that was slightly ajar to get in, and then they locked everyone out again. And, and luckily for Matthew, and, and uh, he, he was able to get over there to, to hit the ground running, as it were, at Royal Perth and, and get on with his job as, as the new superintendent at Royal Perth Golf Club. So last month, Matthew Soles and the team were getting stuck into renovating their fairways and tees. He's trying to get that quality of surface up and back to what you would expect for a Royal Perth, for example. Now, this is to reduce the thatch accumulation of these areas, essentially making them less puffy, if you like. That's sort of a way that we can think about how it feels when you get a really thick mat of thatch uh, under your feet as you walk down any grass sports turf surface. And uh, you might sometimes notice thatch, for example, it, it just gives you that, that cushion under your feet. And, and what that does is it deadens the ball when it lands. So we don't want that. So thatch is something that we want to minimize. We want to reduce as much as we can, and it causes all sorts of other management issues as well, not only diminishing play and reducing bounce and run, but there's all sorts of things when it comes to it comes to disease pressure and pest pressure and things like that. So the less thatch we have, the better it is to manage on top of being a better surface to play, which is a good thing. So that's what's going on there at Royal Perth Golf Club, and they're getting their fairways and tees back up to standard. Now, now, they've also got a trial that's been going on. They've built a turf grass nursery trial there at Royal Perth with bent grass, a couple of different varieties of bent grass there that they're looking to see 
what can give them the best surface? What's going to perform the best? So they've planted a few different varieties of bent, like I mentioned. So what they've done is they've got A1, Pencross, Pure Distinction, 007. That's just to name a couple of the brand names. They're the commercial names of the variety of bent grass, if you like. And uh, they're, they're trialing to see which one's best. And, and my guess is this is to determine the best variety of bent grass for their specific site location. We can all take anecdotal evidence. We can all take the sort of research about what grasses perform in certain environments and the like. Nothing beats on-the-ground site-specific testing to see just how it performs on your site. So it's really specific to them. And I'm going to assume that this is in readiness for the new redesign of the golf course and the new work that might be coming to the course since the architects Clayton DeVries Pont and Cruz Golf were announced by the club that they've uh, that they've engaged those two design firms to look at the future of Royal Perth Golf Club and the golf course there on the site. So that's what I'm ex- that's what I'm assuming it's for. That's how I read it, and uh, I'm looking to see how it all marries up together and unfolds over the coming sort of probably the next twelve months. We're going to see a lot of information come out. I would imagine and start to hear some things coming of what the plans are for Royal Perth. Now, this type of nursery is so good to understand. Like I mentioned, just how the certain grass perform at a specific site and there's factors such as local weather temperatures wind humidity etc soil conditions these all have an effect on the grass when it comes to their little details and the of those varieties and how they might perform better than the others that are sitting next to them and all these idiosyncrasies you can only find out with these on-site trials it's it's kind of like not just reading the side of the box to decide which works best but actually watching it in action to see it for yourself and how well it grows. It's the only way to give you the best answers. And and hats off to Royal Perth Golf Club and, and Superintendent Matthew Souls. They are getting it done and they're getting it done properly. Great to see. Now, going to go to one that I haven't mentioned before and that is the Western Australian Golf Club. Now, they've completed some major construction work towards the end of last year with some remodeling of their 17th and 18th fairways. And it's kind of around the midsection of those holes that we're looking where they've redone a lot of the work. Now, this included some contour changes and also some new bunker work. Now, I've got to say, it looks rather impressive. And well done to Superintendent Idris Evans and his team of staff, including their team of volunteers that helped out on such a large project on the golf course for the club. It's fantastic to see that sort of stuff. And and there you go. At a course like the Western Australian, there's still room to have great help from volunteers. It's a great thing to be hands-on at your club, and it's great to hear about it at a place like this at the Western Australian Golf Club as well. So something that you might not think that would happen is you have volunteer help at a a place with a a name like the Western Australian Club. It doesn't matter what level of golf club. It's great to have, and it's invaluable to have that volunteer help. You can get a lot of things done, a lot of things that you might not be able to spend the time to do, especially if you've got projects. It's great to have that help as well. So hats off to Superintendent Idris Evans and his team, and like I mentioned, and also the volunteers at the Western Australian Golf Club. Job well done, guys. Now, I did mention that there's a bit happening at some of these courses and and in these states that I haven't talked about a lot. Now, we go to Quinana Golf Club in Perth's southern suburbs. Now, they are well into the redesign and construction of their par 3 sixth hole. The bulk earthworks, including dropping the green site itself around something like two metres down from where it used to be. The bunkers are shaped up and they're forming up the remodeled tees as well. This new design work for the sixth here at Quinana was done by Ben Davey from Contour Golf. And it really is going to be a marked improvement on what was there previously. It's going to just improve the way the course plays 
in particular that golf hole, obviously, and some new challenges and a way that the hole is going to play better. So keep an eye on it, Quinana. If you know it, if you're over there in WA, obviously you've got to be local. No one can visit from any other state. But hey, you can visit. You can visit um, if you get the opportunity from another other parts of Perth. And uh, get over and, and uh, once that six hole gets up and running at Quinana, it will be one you're going to want to play. And I'll be interested to see who gets the first hole in one, no doubt. It won't take too long. We often read about it, hear about it through clubs when a new par three opens up after a redesign. And who gets the first one? Everyone wants to know who gets the first hole. I've only been playing golf for, I don't know, 30 odd years. I've never had one. But I won't say that out loud so not too many people can hear that I'm still a virgin from the hole in one world does make me angry i will be honest but moving right along got to keep your head up that'll that one will get that one i i of all the things i don't lose sleep over that one i do i do lose sleep over that one just saying okay time to turn the page but we are still in wa and to finish off wa it's with a quick word about the Lynx Kennedy Bay and the new Graham Marsh design being constructed over there by McMahons. And that's that full remodel, more or less, of the Lynx Kennedy Bay. As we know, it was a wonderful course previously. And uh, due to some land changes and some movement happening around locally with some um, uh, development work there nearby, they've had to move the course and uh, that involved a lot of changes. Well, there's plenty of grass being thrown down all over the place of the completed new works that have, uh, that have recently been done around the course in different parts by McMahons. They're really starting to push it out now. And uh, and the bunkers as well. There's plenty of bunker work happening. And the bunkers are being constructed, incidentally, with Eco Bunker Edging, which is that recycled synthetic turf layering system. And that gives that revetted bunker edge look. That's the St. Andrews look, those pot bunker style edges. That's what's going on at the Lynx Kennedy Bay with that stacked layered turf but in this, this instance with the Eco Bunker Edging, it's a synthetic recycle product. So it gives you that look without the maintenance. And there is a fair bit of maintenance in the the original, the real stack layered turf, the, the St. Andrews-like style pop bunkers, if you like. Um, there is a bit of maintenance in that. It's a skill. It's an art. And uh, those that do it, do it very, very well. But there is a bit of, bit of work in it. The idea of this Eco Bunker Edging is to reduce a lot of that maintenance and bring it away so that you don't have to keep doing it as regularly and uh, and really give that, that, that look, that clean look that doesn't require much work at all once it's installed. And this product was used, for example, at Kalara Golf Club in Sydney. And uh, that was completed a couple of years ago now and was redesigned. The course was redesigned by Harley Cruz from Cruz Golf. And uh, their, their eco bunker edging, that revetted style bunker edging that they've got, it's, it's more for the edging around the bunkers that not deep pot bunker style, just to give a defined edge, really crisp, clean edging as the, the, on the formed bunker shapes. And it really does look fantastic. And I've seen Kalara. And a couple of years on, it's still, it's incredible. It's immaculate. So that's what's happening over there at the Lynx Kennedy Bay in WA. And they are looking to keep punching this stuff out as the course starts to slowly get finished as we move along. And they are really doing a great job over there. And it looks fantastic. And that's WA as we keep going. Now I'm zigzagging my way around the country. I know, but we're going to go from South Australia to Western Australia. We're just going to come back east and we're going to Victoria. We go to Victoria where... We're going to go into Settlers Run Golf and Country Club. Now, that's located near Cranbourne, down the southeast of Melbourne. And they've been up to some interesting work over the past 12 months. And I know it's a long time for that work to have been sort of completed. And you're probably wondering what they've been up to. Well, they've been busy doing a complete fairway conversion of grass types. Complete 
golf course. The full lot. The full Monty. They've gone from Legends Cooch to... Now, wait for it. I'm going to let you guess which grass. Any ideas? Any? Yep. I know you know. I know that you know that I know that you know. Yes, you guessed it. It's my favorite grass of all time. The Mr. Utility grass, as it were. Santa Ana Cooch. Another six-point major goal kicked for another golf club growing in Santa Ana Cooch on their fairways. Now, I can't say, I didn't tell you how good it was with all these other golf clubs that I've been reporting about that are converting their fairways over to Santa Ana. And why did they choose Santa Ana? I'll tell you why. Because they wanted to move to a more sustainable golf course, is what I've heard, by reducing their water requirements, reducing their pesticide requirements, all whilst gaining a better quality surface for their members and guests. So there you go. Settlers Run is on the up, in my opinion. So if you're down that way... Get out there and have a game at Settlers to see what it's like to play on their new, albeit young, Santa Ana Cooch fairways. And the proof is in the pudding. I'd be curious to hear if you think it's better than what they had after you play on these new ones, on the on the new Santa Ana. The grass will also mature after another, another year of growth. But I'll stand here and I'll tell you, without seeing it, that it will be better. There you go. I've said it. That's what I, that's what I reckon you're going you're gonna to come across when you go. But a, a big deal... And I've no doubt that was a big decision by the club to consider converting all 18 holes across from Legends to Santa Ana. But I think they've done incredibly well and well done to the team at Settlers Run for uh, for going down that path. And you've heard the reasons why. And uh, that's just another tick as to why Santa Ana is just so good. Now we go to Woodend Golf Club, one of my favourite regional golf courses in Victoria, Woodend. I'm just going to put it out there. Now to finish 2021 off, they were busy building a new path from the 10th green to the 11th tee, which runs around behind the back of a 7th green. Now, they've also recently started doing some work, bringing in some soil from their new car park work and putting it down alongside the first hole. Now, it's going to provide what that, that, that soil is going to do and a bit of mounding. It's going to provide a little bit of protection for the driveway when the new first tee is in play, of which, just in the last couple of days, They've just laid down the new turf on that new first hole that they've slightly uh, moved around and adjusted in the last couple of days. Now, there's a bit happening at Wood End. It's a great golf course. If you get the chance to head out there, go look it up, find out where it is, and go and have a game. Go and support a regional golf course like Wood End. Fantastic stuff. And it's great for the club to see what they're up to, these new works, these where they can do new stuff out on the golf course, and I'm a big fan of it. So well done to Wood End. Now we go to Box Hill Golf Club in Melbourne's eastern suburbs and they've completed the construction of their new second green just before Christmas and it's growing in very nicely indeed I might add. Their first green and putting greens were also hydro seeded around that time and uh, and they would be by now starting to turn green with that new growth. Now the design of this new work was done by Craft and Mogford Golf Strategies. There's that name again. You'll hear them around. They're very popular. And, uh, and very well regarded in the industry. And uh, and like just like over at Glenelg, at Box Hill here, they're behind the new design works happening on course. So good stuff going on at Box Hill, and they're certainly moving through it and getting it completed so it can be back out for play for their members as soon as possible. There's one little thing happening down there in Victoria that we've heard a little whispers about. There's some speculation around a visit by Mike Clayton and Mike DeVries from Clayton DeVries Pont to Port Ferry Golf Club at the end of last year. Just a few whispers, a couple of photos floating around that we've seen there doing their little sightseeing tours. 
what will be announced at Port Ferry? Well, we'll just have to wait and see, and I'm sure I'll be sure to let you know as soon as I find out. But stay tuned. I'm curious to hear about it, and I'm sure you are. Port Ferry's got a great little name, and uh, certainly you get the likes of Mike Clayton and Mike DeVries, the two Mikes out there. I think um, that can only equal good things. So very interesting to hear that little whisper in Victoria, and that's a wrap of Vic. Now we head up to my home state of New South Wales, and we're going to go right up north to Tamworth on the northern slopes of the New England region where I've recently heard that the Long Yard Golf Club, that's the Greg Norman Bob Harrison design golf course in Tamworth. And Tamworth's got two. It's got Tamworth Golf Club and it's got the Long Yard. The Long Yard, I think, is on the way into town from the southern end if you're coming up from Sydney. Um, I haven't played there myself, actually. Always wanted to. And it was one of the earliest designs that I'm aware of by Greg Norman and Bob Harrison. So uh, very interesting. But I can tell you what's been happening there. Now, that golf course has recently sold to a company called Kingdom Developments. Now, this company, I've done a little bit of digging. And they're a development company, as is in their name, obviously. And they've done some developments in Sydney and Wollongong. They're the like. Now, I'm not sure what the future holds under the ownership of Kingdom Developments for, for Long Yard, but it will be interesting to see with a change of hands what is going to go on and what uh, might happen to Long Yard for the future, for a positive future. We we are rest assured that will will happen up there for Long Yard and hopefully it will be a bright future. Um, sometimes you really get a good kick in uh, in positive movements and a bright future for places when they change hands like this. So we're looking forward to hoping that Kingdom Developments can do some good stuff and continue to improve Long Yard and really put it uh, back on the map, as it were. Probably sat a little bit in the background for for a while, but um, if you're a local and you're a visitor up in northern New England, you probably heard about it. I'm sure you know about it. And um, I'll be interested to hear when it changes hands, if they start to do a little bit of work on course and try and improve the course a little bit more, maybe. Certainly the quality as well, which is always what we like to hear when people like this, new people get involved. And that's all we can hope for. So um, I'm going to keep an eye on Long Yard and see what we hear about it, see how it improves. Now we go to Kew Country Club, which is on the mid-north coast of New South Wales. And it's located almost smack bang in the middle between Port Macquarie and Taree. And it's probably just slightly closer to Port, if I'm being honest. Now, at the end of last year, Superintendent Brendan Hansard and his team were busy constructing their new 14th green on the golf course. And previous to that last year, they'd also built on course a new undercover practice tee and coaching academy area. Now, there's a bit going on up there, so if you haven't played Q in a while, there's some new stuff to look forward to next time you go up there and visit for a round. And look, Brendan Hansard, he's uh, he's a well-established superintendent, been around in the western parts of Sydney and the like, and now he's up the, the mid-north coast there at Q, and he's been at Q for a little while. I'm sure if you're a visitor, you've seen the quality of the course slowly improve in time uh, as Q goes forward. So great course, well-regarded up there, and certainly a stop on your way if you're looking to play golf on the mid-north coast of New South Wales. Now we head into Sydney as we continue to move south and we're going to pop into Pimble Golf Club on Sydney's North Shore and they have been busy beavers. Now they saw the opening of the newly built Par 3 11th hole at the end of last year. Now this green complex has three new bunkers and also incorporates a creek that runs along the entire front of the green and that must be negotiated by players as you play the hole which is a little bit interesting that there's no way around that. You must carry that. It's a forced carry hazard. There's also a brand new sandstone retaining wall that abuts the front of the green 
allowing for the creek to cut up so close to the putting surface there. It's really quite interesting how tight it is up against the green. And basically, like I mentioned, you have to carry the ball all the way to the green. You've got a step, you know, with that retaining wall to get up on the putting surface. So there's no real sort of running it up or bouncing it up or anything like that. It's actually full full carry. You've got to get it there in the air. And uh, certainly they've, they've built that into the 11th, absolutely, as I mentioned. So pretty full-on stuff. Uh, not a long hole but a solid hole. With the creek, the way that it's built, there's almost a sort of two small waterfalls on both sides of the hole corridor as the water flows on its way from the high left side and then flows across the fairway and then drops down on the low right side of the hole. The new redesign and construction work now moves on to the 12th hole where they've already got stuck into the work at Pimble and uh, I will endeavor to keep you up to date with how it's going. But they really, they've got some lot of work going on. They're really smashing it out too. Superintendent David Stone and his team are really flogging out the work there, which is, you know, private golf course in Sydney's North Shore. They've, they've got quality product to deliver and they're really pumping it out. So well done to the team. Now we head south. We continue to move south down the coast and this time we go to the Lynx Shell Cove located south of Sydney and just to the south of Wollongong itself. They've not so long ago completed their in-house redesign work of their par 4 fourth hole. Now, I owe this bit of news prompting to one of my followers, Scott Campbell. So, shout out to Scott, who's a regular player at Link Shell Cove and an avid photographer. And he's a big fan of his, his local, the Link Shell Cove. He gets out there and plays quite a lot. And he's got some wonderful photos there on his page as well, Scott Campbell. So, uh, if you're interested in that type of thing, he's got some, some great photos of the course. Now, they've reworked, like I mentioned, the dogleg fourth hole, which now has a new sandy waste area on the inside of the dogleg as the hole makes its way left around the water of Killalea Lagoon. The club has also rebuilt the cart path along the entire length of the hole, but it's the addition of the waste area that's a new challenge when you're playing when you're playing this hole. Link Shell Cove is always doing something to improve the course, so keep an eye out next time you play there because it'll be better than when you were there last time, absolutely for sure, no doubt, and they're always continuing to improve, which is a great part of the Link Shell Cove and, and very good to see a golf course down there doing what it's doing and it's starting to build a really good name for itself down that way too. So fantastic. Well done to the Link Shell Cove. Now we're going to pop right down, all the way down the south coast of New South Wales to Tura Beach Golf Club, just to the north of Marimbula, which is, like I mentioned, at the southern reaches of the New South Wales south coast, right down near towards the border of New South Wales and Victoria. Well, at the end of last year, they installed some custom bind on a few of their bunkers, which also meant the installation of new bunker sand on those bunkers they rebuilt. Now, rest assured, now on holes 1, 9 and 18, those brand new bunkers will be draining incredibly well and have no doubt already been tested with the rains that we've had this summer. I've got no doubt that they've certainly proven themselves and custom bind is one of those Bunker lining products we're hearing a little bit more about. As time goes on, more golf clubs are considering what type of bunker liner to use. But at Tura Beach, they've gone with Custom Bind. And uh, Tura Beach has got a great name. There's some great golf down that south of Bega down Pambula Marimbula Way. And uh, and Tura Beach is one of those. So great stuff down at Tura Beach. And, uh, and there's plenty going on in New South Wales, as you've heard. Now we head up to Queensland to the final piece of the puzzle of walking the fairways into the state that we've been wanting to travel to and only just recently been allowed. Now, in Queensland, at the end of 2021, sad to say, a little nine-hole golf course called Laverack Golf Club on the south side of Townsville in Queensland, now, they closed its doors for the last time at the end of last year. Now, this little course was attached to the Laverack Barracks, 
and was enjoyed by veterans and civilian members of the club. The course was in operation for nearly 50 years, and for those attached to the club and course will be a sad loss, absolutely no doubt. Now, the ADF say that the lease of the golf course was not renewed by the Commonwealth, and the land will be repurposed as training and sports fields. Now, incidentally, I often used to see, and you probably did too, I suppose. I'm, I'm guessing you probably did too, but I, I remember as a kid, these little golf courses attached to defence barracks as you drive past them. There's a couple around that I can think of, but, but I also know that those ones that I used to see as a kid are gone these days. And it's just, I suppose, it's a part of changing a way that, that people enjoy their, their their spare time, as it were, on the barracks. They've got to have downtime in the defence, the, the defence personnel. And uh, and they used to obviously play a little bit of golf and they built little nine-hole courses and the like around. And the, for me, the first one that I think of was actually at the defence establishment at Orchard Hills, just to the south of Penrith in Sydney's west. And it's been gone for a little while now, but that's one that springs to mind. But there you go, a sad end to a little nine-holer for uh, for the defence personnel at Laverack and also for the local local members that used to have the odd hit around from there in Townsville on the south side of town at Laverack. But it's closed its doors and is no longer with us, and we take our hats off to Laverack Golf Club. And there you go, guys. That is a wrap for... Walking the fairways for the first kick for 2022. What a beautiful little walk that was around the country, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining me. I appreciate your time, as always, tuning in, downloading or streaming the Golfing Greenkeeper podcast, no matter where you are in the country or indeed around the world. As I'm learning, I've got a few more people touching base and and checking in from all over the country and all over the planet which is great to see and i just want to say thanks again i've just recently received a couple of lovely comments a couple of messages and uh, and a couple of phone calls actually from people um that have tuned into the podcast and i couldn't be more grateful for you all taking your time out to listen and i really appreciate those sorts of kind words about uh, how you're enjoying it and getting a few things out of the podcast as you listen to it so great to hear thank you and i really appreciate it and can i ask you if you don't mind i say like share subscribe but i'm going to also throw out there if you wouldn't mind leaving a review for me on Apple Reviews, I think, is the place that, that's the easiest place to do it. Um, I really do appreciate those those comments and those reviews. That helps the podcast get discovered further around in different people as they search through golf podcasts to listen to. And, and uh, I know it takes a little bit of time and effort, but I do appreciate it greatly. So thank you very, very much. And uh, look, like, share, subscribe, as always. Happy to uh, chat away at all sorts of things. Don't be scared. Don't be shy to send me a comment, message, or a phone call, indeed, as I mentioned and uh, really appreciate it. Now, next week, I've got coming back Australian Turf Analysis Keeper of the Greens with a new interview, so stay tuned for that. Make sure you've checked that box or press the button that says that you want to subscribe so you can get a notification, a push notification when it comes out next Thursday, and I'm really excited to bring that one to you. I will keep you guessing, of course, so that way you don't miss it and you tune in, but really excited to bring it to you. And incidentally, if you are interested and you probably haven't heard, I was on a podcast recently called Behind the Turf. Now, that's a greenkeeping industry podcast, but even if you're not interested in greenkeeping and you are a little bit curious about my greenkeeping story, my history through the industry and where I've come to be as the golfing greenkeeper, if you want to know a little bit more... 
catch up with Nadeem and myself as we chat about my history on Behind the Turf podcast. So search it on your favorite podcast app. It is available all over the place. And I really uh, appreciate Nadeem asking me to come on the podcast and have a chat about all things, including the future of green keeping. So a couple of little things there, but uh, I certainly enjoyed it. Good having a yarn and being on the other end of the questions and if you want to know a little bit i'll give you something there's a little bit of a cheeky a cheeky insight into the podcast steve's super seven questions get thrown in my face and i've got to do the answering so there you go a few little comparisons that you'll be able to listen to no doubt so get over and have a look for behind the turf podcast as i chat to nadim about all things green keeping and my background in the industry So thank you very much, guys. As I always say, you hit them clean, we'll keep them green, and I look forward to catching up with you next Thursday. You have yourself a lovely day.